0: Welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. Every week, we dive into juicy topics for women navigating the business arena, leadership, and their personal self-development. We reframe business and life with a more feminine lens to help women find more fulfillment, freedom, and success. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and today we have a beautiful guest speaker, and her name is Sunshine Cameloni. thought we would dive in and talk about today is really how do you develop a voice? I think a lot of people in business have this idea of thought leadership or influence or wanting to have a voice, wanting to say something important, wanting to change minds and hearts. And so what is the process of developing a voice? Because I think it's a much more organic process than a lot of people try to make it. Sometimes people try to look at thought leadership as really stepping into something and defining how are you gonna speak and and how is is it best to influence people. But what I've seen in this process and I think Sunshine's gonna be able to really speak to this is that it's a much more organic process and it's much about the self-development journey. What do you think, Sunshine? Hey Sonia, it's so good to be on your podcast. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. Um
1: yeah, so I, I absolutely agree. That's been definitely my experience of developing and finding my voice. And I think I'm still finding my voice. I think it's an ongoing process. Um, and it's something that you have really helped me in terms of just allowing myself to go with the process and just soften into that process and allow things to come up and allow myself to to figure out, well, not really figuring out, but sort of finding what my true value is and the way that I can frame my voice around my value. Yeah, definitely agree with that assessment.
0: Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I'd love for the listeners to hear a little bit about you and maybe a little bit about your story. I feel like you have such a cool story. And in fact, today you're you know becoming a citizen of Australia. Yes. Maybe, maybe share with us a little bit about where you come from, your background, and you've also written a few books. Maybe tell us a little bit about those too.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm originally from Zambia, which is like a small country in Southern Africa. I moved to Australia in... 2009. Um, I was doing a an undergrad degree at a university here in Australia, Monash University, and it was in my, I came as an international exchange student and I was just sort of I just wanted to experience I've always wanted to travel I've always considered myself like a global citizen I didn't want to be confined to one place in the world and so I just I wanted to spread my wings and fly and so I took I took a gamble a risk and I came all by myself to Australia and this is after I'd lived in South Africa for about three years you know so I was kind of ready for that moving country thing and I thought I was you know I was prepared because I'd done it before so I moved here and it was a completely different experience it was very challenging trying to integrate into the culture find a home here where I felt like I could express myself and I could be myself like because so I, I think one of the things with moving countries and being a migrant is about marrying the two cultures marrying where you're from as a person I mean even just your background and your your ideas and the things you value with the things that your new country values and the yeah. people that you meet so it can be quite challenging as you know Sonia you've done it as well
0: I have
1: <laughs> so um so that was pretty challenging but I and I went through a very long time where I just struggled um, I was doing so I finished my undergraduate degree and then I did a PhD in cultural studies which is I've always been interested in culture and people and difference, particularly difference. And so I wanted to understand what my experience was and what other people's experience was living in a different country or just navigating the whole global scene where we're, we're so different and we will have very different experiences of life. So I was very curious about that. Um, so my PhD was centered around that and around race and justice. And so that also helped me sort of trying to find my feet as well like i was in the classroom kind of studying myself as much as i was studying everything else and so i used that as a platform to kind of learn about myself and just learn how to be an australian in that in that regard <laughs> and yeah so i finished that and i did i managed to graduate and I, I did really well I, I was able to get a, a book publishing deal from my for my thesis and I wrote a book on just embodied um, embodied racism embodied justice so yeah that's pretty much my story I suppose yeah.
0: oh and so much more, <laughs> so much but, more. <laughs> I, but I love it I mean that at least gives the listeners a little bit of your background and you know I think it, it sounds like so much of what you're, you experienced is a lot of where your voice developed. Would you say that's true? Like So much is, you know, it, it kind of uh, shifted and changed your voice based on your actual real life experiences.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because there was a time where, I mean, I knew that I've always wanted to talk about justice and to do something around justice in the world. But I was very much trying to figure things out. Like I was trying to have a, I had a pattern. I had a plan in my head where I was like, (laughs) okay, this is what I'm going to talk about. But the more that I experienced, like I had some situations, or experiences that were quite unravelling where, you know, whether they were kind of racist experiences or misunderstandings with people that had to do with culture. And I realized that the scripts that I had in my head about how I was going to do my work didn't actually fit my real-life experience. So, for instance, I've always thought that the, the way we talk about justice is very masculine. It's very like kind of one, two, three, it's a script. And the experiences I was having were more about, well, what does it actually mean to be just? How can I be just myself and how what does that actually look like and that's a more feminine exploration of what justice is and so i was sort of drawn into that i just sort of moved along with that not so much it wasn't so much me sitting down trying to plan it out and say okay this is this is what i'm going to talk about it was more just an organic evolution of trying to find ways that actually resonate with me and other people Uh, because a lot of times in justice work, there's there's emotion involved, but we don't talk about the emotion side of things. We always want to talk about the, you know, the the thought side of things. Like it's it's very, like I said, it's very masculine, but there's also the experience itself of being either it's alienated or being being marginalized. Like that, those those experiences have an emotional side to them, and it's only through the feminine lens that you sort of come and Center those experiences or those the, that side of the experience, and I and I learned that organically just by allowing the experience to be there and also learning how to talk about it in a different way rather than the scripted way of you know that's just out there in the world.
0: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because I feel like that does really, in some ways, describe sort of what I've learned about the masculine and feminine, which is. The masculine is often this planned, you know, kind of strategic, in-your-mind kind of way of thinking, and the feminine is much more developed internally, right? As a, so it's like kind of the objective versus subjective experience. We've been taught through the masculine lens that our subjectness is, you know, not good, that we should be more objective, we should be more rational. And yet I feel like the voice that we develop in the world, the way we make real change is through that feminine lens of subjectivity. It's what do we feel? How have we experienced it? And how does that cultivate and sort of create our voice?
1: Absolutely. And I, I think, it also. Um, I think you and I have had this conversation before about how we're trained to think in that very planned strategic way. And I am like the, the, like the epitome of that having being an academic, like I've been trained by acad- the academy to think a particular way yeah. uh, and to see the world in a particular way. And so that was really hard to sort of come out of that mode of thinking And I love the work that you and I have done around that, just sort of having creating space to explore your own subjectivity and your own being in the world, your own. Cause it it takes, I think it takes a lot of courage to do that because First of all, you're taking time away from strategizing, so you think you're <laughs> wasting <worth> your time. <laughs> you're not doing anything, um, but it's also allowing yourself that space and the time to actually evolve, which is a scary process because you don't know what's going to come up and whether you're going to like it or not. But it's it's moving through that that you sort of find your voice actually you find your values like you actually learn about your your values in real time and not something that was handed down to you by your parents or society or uh, your business coach or whatever it's just it's just, it just becomes your own thing and I I love that about the process even though I was terrified I'm still terrified by it but I still keep moving through
0: yeah yeah. Well, you know, and I think that's, it's funny because so many people who come into the program and the work that I do, oftentimes they think it will be the strategic, you know, like yeah. they have a plan and it's all going to unfold just as they planned. And so much of it is about the development of self and the development of our voice and the development of our mission, right? It is about letting that unfold. So often I think we're in this mode where we're trying to just make it happen, trying to force it, trying to like, you know, define it from our head when so often it's actually about letting go and allowing that voice to develop and allowing the values to come up and just really allowing us to discover who we are and what we're here to bring the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Sonia, can I can I ask you a question about that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Go for Uh, it.
1: So can you just sort of maybe talk around how your voice has developed?
0: Yeah, no, I love it. This is great. This is a good conversation. Um, Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, I think and same, like over the years, I used to think it was about, I mean, I, I grew up, you know, in terms of uh, my career as a branding person, right? Like that was my first business. I was, you know, did branding magic. And that was all about creating from the masculine. That was all about looking at, you know, what do we develop? How do we frame it? How do we angle it? You know, yes. what's, that, what's the, that position? It definitely isn't, how do we organically let it unfold, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> definitely not there. And so So, you know, I totally was in that mode for so long, for a decade, you know, in my business of really just trying to. Cultivate my voice from the mind, from the masculine. And, you know, it's really interesting because I mean, I've done so much work over the years. And so it wasn't really until I actually started the validation process, which is the same thing I teach all of you guys, which is, you know, this how do you sort of test and validate your message with your target market or with the people that you interact with or with the community that you're trying to serve? And sometimes we think of that in terms of what will they like? And want. But I actually find that so much of that validation process is what do we resonate with, what feels right to us and what doesn't feel right to us. And so, you know, yeah, and absolutely so many of my experiences and my voice, it was really from a lot of self-development, a lot of spiritual growth, a lot of congruity that needed to happen, right? And I think that's what you and I have talked about a lot as well, is that it's the incongruency that makes our messaging not work right so we're we're feeling and experiencing one thing but we're putting out something else and the more that we are really congruent in ourselves so like you know I, I people often I say this a lot and then people often tell me this as well is that you know wherever I am I'm me so if you see me on a podcast it's the same me that if you see me in a coffee shop or if you see me in my you know parents house or if you, like it's the same me everywhere where I go. And you know, I don't have to pop into different identities, which is what a lot of people are doing because I've done so much work around congruency. So, you know, I don't feel like I need to be different on my podcast than I am at the coffee shop or that I am with my family. I feel like I can be me all the time, and that's really allowed that voice to come through.
1: Yeah. I absolutely love that. I think that's I mean, that's one of the things that I've struggled with the most in in developing my voice is that allowing myself to come through, like actually being visible because I, I've always had this fear of being invisible. And I guess being a black African woman in Australia, it's, it's just the experiences have been quite sort of confirming that idea that I had about myself, that I was invisible. And so it's taken a long time for me to actually break down those barriers and it started by me i mean i'm still doing that work but it's a big part of it is about me seeing myself like you were saying it's about sort of learning about yourself and seeing yourself and developing yourself and then you suddenly see yourself and you're like oh okay i'm a person in my own right <laughs> I exist, and i i have things to say and things that you know things that i love and things that i value and it's okay for me to express those things And that's been one of the turning points for me, but also the most challenging bit. I feel.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I think that's really honestly true for all women because in so many ways we've been made to be invisible, right? Like we're you know uh, less than men or less than the breadwinner or less than you know the the powers that be. And so in so many ways, I think a lot of women struggle with feeling invisible and the fear of being visible. Like then we're more of a target. Then we're more seen and. then what does that mean? Then we're more judged, then we're more ridiculed, then we're more attacked. And so in so many ways, I think a lot of people, their strategy has been to be invisible, you know, or hide their voice, right? Or minimize their voice, right? Because that's another thing is that how often do we sort of make our voice more palatable to people around us, right? Mm, Instead of really stepping into the things (laughs) we know are going to (laughs) create discomfort. That's right.
1: Yeah, well, I I, and I think you are like, for me, you're like the perfect example in my experience in my life of someone who just is very comfortable with your voice. And I, I look up to you for that. And it's just something that I would love to learn as much as I can. Like, how did you, I know you don't care about what people think, you have no filters. I mean, you have filters, but they're all internal. So they're absolutely mature and they're developed. So, I mean, the things you say, uh, they're wise, but also kind. I think that's that's important because sometimes we think leadership is about just saying whatever you think and telling people whatever you want to tell them without thinking about how they're going to receive it. But I, I feel like you have a voice that has that inbuilt maturity in it and kindness and empathy. How did you, how did you do that?
0: <laughs> how did you develop that? Yeah, yeah well, I mean, definitely there was always, um, like I definitely have always had kindness as a thing. Like, you know, even as a young child, I, I just was always kind of, I don't know. I just had compassion and empathy for people and animals and things. I mean, my mom used to say that I brought home every wounded animal, every <laughs> wounded human. Like, <laughs> I, I often brought home like people who, if their parents kicked them out, I'd bring them to my house. You know, like, <laughs> like it was like this, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I remember finding like a gerbil that had a broken leg or like, it was like a field mouse. It was not right. a gerbil, but like, more like a feed field mouse. and I brought it home. And you like, I mean, I kind of always had that, but I, I did struggle with the truth part, right? Because when I was young, I would see things. I would, I would notice incongruity in people and adults and, you know, um, adults do not like being told they're incongruent, right? Yeah. And so like at a very young age, I did learn to really suppress that, minimize that, like hide the truth. Um, And then when I was older, you know, like, like you know early 20s I could use that truth as a weapon right like I had to learn the integrity the other way right so I started to to use it when someone hurt me or when someone uh, was mean to me then I would respond with sort of like slicing them with the truth kind of thing and so then I had to learn the other way of being more responsible with that gift or more responsible with saying my truth and I think over the years it's really the self-development that's temper, like that's made it balanced, if you will, so that I can give truth, but it's not about ego, right? And I think that's another really good piece of the whole voice topic because so often people are using their voice and the the impetus or the um, sort of where they're coming from is ego versus where they're coming from is care of others. And that's what I think creates that developed, mature voice that so many of us want to have is when the intention is really to serve others. And then I'm not just saying whatever makes me sound good or whatever makes me sound smart. I'm saying what I feel is really going to empower and support others. Um, Whereas we can come from a lot of ways in terms of ego. Sometimes it's about, you know, feeling like we're smart, you know, like so that we can be responding to that part of ego. But it can also be trying to get outside validation. Like that's still ego, right? And so many women are out there trying to use their voice to get outside validation, to have someone else approve of them. And in so many ways that actually diminishes our ability to step into our greatest power. Because if we need that outside validation, we're not able to listen to our true wisdom within, right. which often doesn't get outside validation. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, the intention behind, yeah, what we're saying and, and the voice is, I think that's, I've sort of seen how that's changed for me, how that's evolved. Whereas before when I started working with you, I wanted to say things that people wanted me to say essentially you know what do what does the social justice field want you know they want you to I don't know criticize injustice of course but you know like it, there's a lot of like mind work involved in it and so I and so it was it, it felt like I was sort of fighting myself I was like in a in a, in a war with myself in a way but I didn't quite understand what was going on and that's where the work that you and I have done has helped me sort of slow down open up a little bit and then by doing that it suddenly the intention became clear to me that I'm actually in this because I care about people because I like you I've just always been very drawn to kindness and compassion I think a kind world is a just world And so that's always been my, the thing that does it for me. And so having, discovering that intention, I was like, oh, okay. I don't actually have to say what other people want me to say. I can come from this place where it's truly about, you know, caring about other people. And that's what I want to do. I want to see good in the world. And, and that's the driving force. So that's Yes, absolutely. I can definitely see that in my own development, how that change has changed my approach to to, yeah, to my voice. Yeah,
0: which I love. I mean, just watching it over the last few years as well, like watching, you know, the development and the unfolding of your truth and your voice has been so powerful. So, you know, as a lot of people are sitting out there in fear, right? Because <laughs> yes. we all experience it. Like how much fear have you had to to move through oh
1: so i can't even put it into words it's been so scary it's so terrifying um and i mean the were, there were times when i thought i was losing myself i don't know what i'm doing i don't know who i am anymore because as i think finding your voice is really about like you said it's about finding your identity in a way and so i felt like my identity was just chopped up into little pieces and i have no clue what's going on and you would give me exercises to do like you know like don't do anything just sit and create space i'm like what the heck does that mean (laughs) i just want you to give me a plan from a to b so i can do it and i can get my business running i don't want to sit and just sort of stare at myself but it was it was very scary um and i had to learn to trust myself to trust the process i think that was a big big one and just allow things to move as they as they moved and and also just having a support a support space like having a support someone who you trust like wholeheartedly like i have with you where i I know that I can come to you when I'm struggling and I can run things by you and you're not going to judge me. Like that ability that you have to hold space for me has been crucial because oftentimes like you, you know, we know people, we don't want people to tell us what to do. We just want people to like kind of be there and hold the space for us. And you've done that. I think that's been really helpful for me. And then the group of women that you've brought together as well, having that safe space where I could go and say, I am so scared. I don't know what's going on. I I think it's just, you know, and we just pour our hearts in there. Like, it's just fantastic. So yeah. So it's been scary, but (laughs) it's been worth it. I mean, it's worth it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh, look. And, and I think, you know, the thing is, is is everyone's experiencing that. Like we all think that, you know, I mean, I have fear that I move through all the time. You know, we all kind of think that, oh, there's these people out there, they're so confident, they never have fear. But the truth is, we're all moving through different levels of fear. You know, if we're progressing at all, if we're growing at all, if we're stepping into new frontiers, it's inevitable that we're going to have to move through that fear and have that bravery and learn the skills of resilience. And so, you know, that is so much a part of the journey, but I think, you know, so many people, and I think this is interesting when you weave it through the topic of developing your voice as well, because so many people try to make that voice like an identity like they try to make it like a protection and it doesn't actually work it's not effective it's not influential when it's like that it's really if you look at the people who are most influential like that you you when you watch them you just feel everything they're saying right it's because they're congruent it's because they've done the work on themselves and so they're able to talk from a place of actual embodiment or actual integration and I think that makes such a huge difference in developing that voice and that's not where a lot of people are, have been going
1: no um so sonia talk to me a little bit about this like the making the voice congruent i think i think it's key i mean it's critical and i just yeah just just talk me through how one does that yeah
0: Yeah, good question. And yet it can't be fully planned. (laughs) Right? And I think it's, I mean, it's so funny because this is what some people are like, give me the steps, the A to B, step one, step two. And so like, I do break down a lot of things in terms of steps, but some of it is unfolding. And so there's no way to really, I mean, I look at congruity as the inner and the outer matching right it's the same way i look at integrity so when when who we are on the inside is who we're also being on the outside that's congruity so our voice is the same it's when what we think and feel on the inside is expressed on the outside that's where our voice is congruent but what a lot of people do is they think and feel things one way but they write our podcast or do speaking from a totally different place that and it makes them incongruent mm-hmm.
1: and that's just that's something that we we pick up just by experiencing that person like you can tell that there's something not quite right isn't there
0: Yeah, you can feel it. And a lot of people don't know how to label it. Like they, for me, that's kind of, you know, kind of like justice is your impulse, I would say. You know, congruency is my impulse. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I can feel it and label it and put a name on it and even say like, that's really, that's really incongruent. And that's just a little bit incongruent. And I feel like I have a lot of language for it. Yes, But I think a lot of people just kind of feel like something's off. They don't really, they don't really know what it is, but they just feel feel like "Mm, something's just off and then you feel the people who are really congruent you know I would take someone like Brene Brown I feel like Brene Brown's very congruent as a person and so you can take her and you can like you can feel what she says you can tell that she's speaking truth for herself you can tell that she's real and humble and you know and there's this like congruity and I think it's really I think it's done through doing the self-development work right which is about it's about looking at ourselves. It's about becoming more self-aware. It's about integration. And the way that I look at integration is healing old wounds, right? Yes. So, you know, instead of operating from old wounds, which a lot of people are doing, instead we're integrating from, you know, so we're actually, you know, stop having old wounds. Like, they heal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, and just, yeah, when you were talking about Brene, I, I – I agree with you. Absolutely. hundred percent. Like when you, when you listen to her speak, what I, what stands out to me is that she's not talking from a script. Yeah. It's like, like you said, she's real. She's in the moment, she's present and she's responding to whatever is happening in the moment, right there in the moment. And I, yeah, that's, I, I just, I admire that. But you have that as well, Sonia, like you just, you are present, like you're, you're, you're always talking from this place that is grounded and that can be felt as well. Like it's, it's just there.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks sunshine. I mean, (laughs) I, I, I feel like I've really just done that through the work. Like it, it isn't, Something I even planned. Like I don't think I ever had the intention of developing my voice or stepping into thought leadership or I just felt this passion for sharing a different truth, right? Something I've learned, something I've experienced, something I've embodied. And I think through that and through the work that I did on myself, which is where that actually comes from, right? We don't just have a thought or we're not indoctrinated and then we spout something out. That's not real Uh, that's not a real voice. A real voice is, it's something that's been developed through our own work, through our own awareness and our own integration and our own understanding of things. And then we're able to, to speak it or to write it or to put it out there in a way that changes lives or that supports others or that, you know, just gives a different perspective. I mean, it's not even about I don't think, you know, sort of the way thought leadership is or leadership in general, I don't feel it's about getting people to do what we want or getting everyone to agree with us because that's (laughs) looking for validation, right? That's looking for outside validation. Instead, it's just about, hey, I've got a different perspective. You know, if it resonates with you, cool. If it doesn't resonate with you, that's okay too. But I want to share what I've learned. Yeah. That mirrors my
1: journey too, Sonia, the fact that I I didn't set off to be. A thought leader or or develop my voice that was not the plan the plan yeah. when I came to you was to for you to help me just start a small business yeah. that I could, you know make a bit of money uh, yeah. and yeah that was the plan but it's brought me here to this place where I am learning so much more about my value and what I can add to the world and and that's coming from a real place rather than a forced place um, and I, I I, wouldn't do it any other way.
0: Yeah. And I think it's what's so good and why I really wanted to have you on and, and to chat about it is because I think... A lot of people are afraid to go this way, right? Like they're they're afraid to let things unfold, or they're they just they sort of just want the control of, you know, doing it the way their plan is. Like this is my plan. And so, you know, it's interesting because it's, you know, people come in to say my business program, and this is one of the reasons why I developed the leadership program, actually, is because people come to the business program and you know, 30% of the time, 40% of the time, they don't actually want a business. It actually goes in a completely different Direction than they thought, and that's because they're allowing the unfolding to happen. And there has to be that willingness to do what's truthful, to do what you know what we really, really want instead of what our mind dictates we should do. And you know, and I think that's the that's the scary part, that and is also scary. the rewarding part.
1: Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. because it brings
0: no. a lot of freedom, don't you think?
1: It does. It. It. I mean. Absolutely. I mean, the freedom is around you. I mean, for me in particular, it's been freedom to be myself. I I, I don't know that there's any greater freedom than being able to just be yourself and express yourself in your work, your relationships in the world. And so that has been the greatest value for me, allowing myself to move through this. And I know there will be other types of freedom like financial freedom down the road. I can see that. I have faith in that. But the most important for me has been just feeling like I'm worth something and I, 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 I value and I and I can add value to the world.
0: I really wish that for every woman and being out there, right? Yeah. That that every person could just be themselves and feel how amazing they are, how precious they are without doing anything but breathing, right? Yes. <laughs> because so often we think we have to, we have to write a book. We have to make a million dollars. We have to do, once we get to these stepping stones, then we'll be valuable. Whereas yeah. no, you all are valuable just by breathing. And you know, like that's, that is the freedom. That is yeah. the freedom.
1: But how hard it is to get this, Sonia. I mean, think about the times
0: that you and I have had
1: conversations about you trying to make me see that I was enough. Like I just, just being was a value to the world. And and you didn't, I mean, I love the fact that you didn't push and you allowed the, you allowed me to have the space to sort of feel into it, to run away, come back. <laughs> I just, you know, but that's, I think that's, That's like you said. That's the scary bit because it's not you. You don't feel safe getting to that place where you're like, well, I like confronting that fear of your own value because we're trained to think that we need to do something to be valuable when we're significant just by being human beings.
0: Yes, yes. And I think, yeah, the whole world has trained us that way. And I think when we really develop a mature voice, it's only because we value what we have to say. Correct. Right?
1: Yes, absolutely. So,
0: you know, and it's not because we've learned something or we've got all these academic degrees or we've done right? So many people have gone down that. Well, once I get to, yes. you know, get this academic degree behind me or once I get this training behind me or once somebody gives me this award or certificate, then I have a valuable voice. No, you have a voice where you are right now, and it doesn't have to be, you know, this whole idea of thought leadership Ouch. and a presentation and identity. It's just what perspective do you have? What have you learned in your lifetime from where you are right now that can ease someone's mind or, you know, share someone's burden or you know, give a different perspective to someone that will help them have more awareness about themselves. I mean, there's so many ways we can contribute uh, by developing our voice. And so many women, I feel especially, diminish that value. And so they don't give their voice to others when it could be, you know, it could change the world. Definitely. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you for coming today. This is, I could probably sit and talk for much longer. I know. (laughs) maybe we'll do a part two again so all right well thank you for coming and yeah and we'll wrap up for today and so we hope you all have enjoyed today's show and we will see you next week are you ready to step into your value power and voice are you interested in having more impact in the world are you navigating an environment where you could use more leadership and communication skills? Well, I am launching a leadership program called women changing the arena. I've taken decades of hands-on work with women, plus my lifetime experience of self-development and leadership development to create a program that allows women to truly lead. Whether you are in business, a corporate role or the political arena, I can help you change the world. Head over to SonjaStatman.com or find me on any of my socials. Let's connect. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at SonyaStatman.com. See you next week.